Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wu Wings, a virtual restaurant concept from the man himself, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with your Uber Eats or Postmates app. Wu Wings is now open in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa in Alabama, with many more locations coming soon. Try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16-time world heavyweight champion. Tell them, Nate. Wu Wings, legendary flavors, world championship wings. Woo! Wu Wings. Yeah! Woo-woo! Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at savewithconrad.com. We are broadcasting from the Blue Chew Studios. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hello and welcome to Arn. This is Paul Bromwell and today I'm joined by the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the creator of the Spinebuster, owner of the Horseman trademark. He's the man with the left hand and the second best tan. Ladies, all nine of you this week and gentlemen, he's the enforcer. He's double A. He's Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you this week, my friend? Second best hand. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. You can't, you know, I'm not going to let that fly. Oh, I knew it. And, uh, you know, I have a guy that works with me behind the scenes, research and help for the show. And we were talking about that. I said, you know, he's going to call me on the carpet for this second best hand business. He's like, well, Hogan brother. I'm like, <laughs> okay, we'll see how Orrin feels about that. Well, and, and I was going to go ahead and put you over for being six inches taller than me, but I'm going to have to jerk that now. <laughs> you must have lifts in your shoes or something. Something's yeah, going there on. you go. I got the cane lifts in my <clears> shoes. <throat> well, hey, man, listen, let's jump into it because last week we talked all about the beginning of the end as far as your WWF run was concerned. Uh, over a total of $100,000 between you and Tully. Uh, you guys were, were talking to, to Vince about You gave notice on September 20th, their birthday. And you ruined Vince's planned trip to the old gym. I think he was trying to tie his shoes, and that all went south for him that day. Are you ready to jump into the final months of your WWF wrestling career? You bet. 
All right, man, let's do it. So listen, and I'm excited because we actually got some fan questions woven in throughout this show. So I'm excited to ask those of you as well this week. So we're going to jump right into October 89. It began at the Civic Center in Hartford. 9,500 fans showed up for the following card. So check this out, Arn. It's without Hogan. It's definitely the B-Town crew. But here's the card. You got Mark Young defeating Barry Horowitz. That's right. Pat himself on the back. You got the genius, Lanny Poffo, defeating uh, Coco Beware. Rick Rude defeating Roddy Piper via, via DQ. You got the Hands of Stone, Ron Garvin, pinning Greg the Hammer Valentine. And then you have Demolition defeating you and Tully via DQ. And Mr. Perfect pinning Bret Hart. <laughs> Uh, you got the main event. It's the WWF uh, Intercontinental Champion at the time, the Ultimate Warrior, defeating Andre the Giant via DQ as well. So, R&B Town or not, this card is loaded when you think about it, top to bottom with Hall of Famers. It's no wonder 9,500 fans showed up for the matches that night. And familiar faces from your Jim Crockett days for you all around. We talked about Ron Garvin and Greg Valentine. And Garvin and the Hammer have been working all the house shows. And we've spent a lot of time here talking about Valentine. We, I'm sorry, sorry, we haven't. Any memories of Greg the Hammer Valentine, Arn? Well, I can tell you this. If he was working with Ronnie Garvin, they were doing strong style before it was fashionable. That's right. Those guys, I mean, Greg loved it. He loved to get in there. Well, he, he's called the Hammer, right? Yeah. He loved to slug it out. Ronnie Garvin loved to slug it out. So it was unlike any other match on the card. And I mean, chests were bleeding, chests were pink. <clears throat> if you didn't believe, and sometimes guys get mad at a wrestling match, everything is not just a show, that would be the one you would point to, because, buddy, they made you believe. Aren't any uh, memories for you behind the scenes traveling, uh, maybe a, a match that you were involved with with Greg back in those days, whether it be Crockett or, you know, I know he'd moved on to WWF pretty quickly in the early 80s, but any memories that you have of, of Greg Valentine personal? Well, you know, Greg is just, he was one of those guys that unless you saw him, you didn't know he was in the room because he was, you know, he was a pro. His, his dad was who his dad was and you know, being that guy's kid, you know, you've got a, a burden of just being a walking assassin. And that's exactly what he was. And I didn't hang out with Greg at all. We didn't travel together or anything, but I just saw his locker room demeanor. And he was always very subdued until the bell rang. And then, man, it was on. He was a pro's pro, man. I mean, I think of my first memory of him, you think about the dog collar match with Roddy Piper, that first arcade, and uh, how vicious that was. So, now, good stuff. Well, listen, you guys hit the road the next day. The entire crew traveled uh, to WWF Stronghold Wheeling, West Virginia. You had a sold-out crowd there on. 7,800 fans watched the tapings for superstars in prime time. And I do want to correct one detail, and it's on my end with the research. The match you guys wrestled for primetime against Demolition that was taped the day you gave your notice, so that's September 20th, and then would air on October 23rd. From that point forward, Demolition would be recognized as the tag champions. Another match, however, was recorded in West Virginia here on October 2nd for a November 4th edition of Superstars, where the title also changed hands. So, Arn, you have two matches, two programs, two title change. Do you know if the primetime match ever made air, or did creative come to you and ask you guys to change the finish or some other element of the match? Do you recall that at all? It's so long ago, I know. God, no, I don't. You know, it was so hard to keep up with what aired when. I mean, it really was, and it would get really confusing, and you would start handing titles back and forth to, for yeah. a certain TV show. It just, it would just totally just just flip because you didn't know what you were doing. Yeah, no, uh, and I understand that. Thanks to our research, our crack research staff for digging that one up. But yeah, I mean, they had the ability to do that. So much TV, you guys were so far ahead that if Vince or whoever didn't like what was presented in one town, they could easily just say, scrap it. We're going to do it again in West Virginia this night and have, have the outcome, you know, be what we want that time. Oh, you, you make sure once we turned our notice in, they were going to get enough victories over us to last a lifetime and abundant amount. You can bet that. 
Well, that match was recorded, like I said, in West Virginia, and only went about five and a half minutes, and Demolition did win the championships with Axe pinning uh, Blanchard, who, by the way, was the illegal man. And it kind of feels like a dusty finish, for the lack of a better way to say it. Do you think Vince at all, in the back of his mind, or maybe with his inner circle, at that point was still hoping that you and Tully would stay? Or do you think at that point, nah, he knew for sure we were walking? He didn't want us to stay. I'm absolutely sure he was insulted and angered uh, that we wanted to leave. I mean, it was the number one company in the world, you know, and yeah. his business was good. Everything was good for us to want to leave. It had to really piss him off, I would think. So in his mind, he, you were, hey, this company is just not good enough for us. We're, for us, we're out of here. You're on the way out. So we're going to do what, and this was the way it was done in the business. You would always, on the way in, guys that were on the way out would put you over. And if you're leaving, you put in your notice, you did the right thing, you did business, you know, on the way out. So it wasn't obvious, even obvious that you were leaving. You just, you know, and the better the match was, the, the more that you disguised the fact that you were leaving. It's just hard to, uh, as a fan, again, and obviously a big fan of, of you and telling your work to see, to think that Vince at that point, having saw what you done, your body of work with the Rockers, Demolition, we go on and on, the Heart Foundation, what you did earlier on with the Bulldogs. When I say this is a keeper team, I, I got to try everything. But I, it just when you're at his level, you're like, screw it. We'll just move on to the next then in his mind. When we put our notice in, it completely changed the way he looked at us. Mm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Well, listen, I want to point out something that also happened at this taping, Arn, and that's the Heenan family formed the Colossal Connection, made up of Andre the Giant and King Haku. And I know that we in December, the Colossal Connection will defeat Demolition for the titles and hold the championships until WrestleMania six. Do you know, Arn, if the original plan before you and Tully gave notice would have you be in a long run uh, with Demolition until WrestleMania six, or had you not heard all the future plans they had mapped out for you at that point? Basically one angle, which would sometimes stretch for four months, five months, you know, um, was a, that's all the information we had, and that's all we really needed because we, by the time we made the loop around the world with that match, you had four or five months underneath your belt. Yeah. All right. Yep. Now I was just curious how long-term the booking was back then as far as WrestleMania planning, but it sounds like they didn't have that that put together yet. Well, let, listen. Go let ahead. me be confident about one thing. If, if, if they would have made it right, if we would have cut that nominal check – you know, and, and what pissed him off about that wasn't the money, just knowing how he thinks. It just insulted him that we called him on it, on his word. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was insulted that we, you know, called, called him on his word, and that was his word to us, and he didn't like having it thrown up in his face. Um, so there was no turning back. 
I understand. Yeah, that nah, makes total sense, Arn. Um, so let's let's uh, continue to move on here. October third, you're in Toledo, Ohio, at the Sports Arena. WWF recorded even more matches for syndicated TV, and Arn for an episode of Primetime that aired November six. Like you said, man, you guys are recording so much stuff for the future. It's hard to keep track. You and Tully would fight the Bushwhackers to a double DQ because see, see. <laughs> There you go. It's just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. Yep. Yep. Right back into the bushwhackers. Whoa. Yay. Uh, the titles hadn't changed on, on air yet, but you and Tully were so you and Tully are still recognized as the tag champs, even though this match will air after the title loss. For those of you keeping score at home, these are the types of issues you run into when you have a top act leaving a company in the world of TV tapings conducted three weeks ahead of time. I mean, it's insane how they're keeping up with who's got the belts, who doesn't, who's fighting, what date is what. I can't imagine trying to keep it all organized, but, you know, they had it all figured out. So there you go. But uh, you had three days off. Then after that, Arn, the crew made the trek west to Salt Lake City. 3,900 fans attended the house show at the Salt Palace on October 6th. You and Tully lost the match, second from the top by DQ. And again, at this point, the Brainbusters are still recognized as the champion since the title change has not been on TV. And then on the 7th, you're back in Lincoln, Nebraska at the Persian, Pershing Auditorium. 2,907 fans watched you and Tully work second from the top against Demolition. This time, Demolition won, mat, won the match by countout. And from the capital of Husker football, the B-Town crew hit the road he- heading to east to De- uh, Des Moines, Iowa. This time, you and Tully worked with Demolition in the third spot from the top. And you've mentioned this. You'll start to see your spots change on the card because of what you've done. And you're behind Dusty and the Boss Man and Jake the Snake and the Million Dollar Man. Uh, you move on from Des Moines on October 9th. You guys drove to the Show Me Center in uh, Missouri for another live event. This time, you worked second from the top. But for the purposes of our story... This might as well have been the main event because it's Warrior and Andre. They closed out the show in less than a minute. That's textbook definition of an attraction, though, wouldn't you say, Arn? Oh, God. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're sitting home, you you go, what are they going to do here? I know they're not going to beat Warrior. And if the giant says, no job, you ain't going to beat him. <laughs> That's right. So the intrigue is, what are you going to do here? And if you listen to the stories, Andre wasn't the biggest fan of the Ultimate Warrior to begin with. So there's that. But we do have an ad-free show member question, and uh, it's regarding Andre, and it's from Brian Fuller. And he asks, we know that you were good friends with Barry Darso, but did you hear any good stories from Bill Eady about his days teaming and traveling with Andre? Uh, No. No, because that was... They were, was that when Andre was wearing the mask and they were, they were the machines, the machines. Yeah. They, they did that. Yep. They did that together. Like no one knew that that was Andre. Come on. My God, his mask was as big as a lampshade. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Uh, Bill Eady was a real pro and is a real pro in this business. And uh, he's a businessman. And I can only imagine that he was the guy that kept things rolling until it was time to shut it down. And then he tagged in the giant and things went the other way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see that going any other way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll move on. It's the following day. It's October 10th at the Roberts Municipal Stadium. Once again, you and Tully worked with Axe and Smash in the semi-main event right behind Warrior and Andre. On the 11th, you're in Springfield, Illinois at the Prairie Capital Convention Center. And let me pause right here, Arn. As we're moving through this October, and I know I'm reading a lot of results and cards that you're working on, are you seeing changes in your pay, though? Like, I know you had saw there a couple weeks where you were not making what you thought you would. Are you still continuing to see this in October and even into November? Um, it wasn't a big drop like I thought it was going to be. It stayed up there. Um, and we're closing in. Let me, I got to get this straight in my head. Sure. We're closing in to a finish date of... Uh, in November, you're going to do Survivor Survivor Series. That was my right. last day, right? Yes, sir. 
So somewhere in here, Tully got sent home. Have yeah, we got- we're going to talk about that. So I guess at this point, it wasn't so bad that it made you just go, hey, if he's going to screw us like this, we'll just go home and sit out, you know, the rest of it. So it, it must have not been that obvious, but I don't think it was good. And I'll tell you why when we get there. Okay. All right. So, as I said, you were in Springfield, Illinois, Prairie Convention Center. You guys closed out the show against Demolition. That's why I asked, losing the match by DQ, that Andre Warrior match was moved to the middle of the card because it only went 19 seconds that time. So, fans were treated to a physical contest at the end of the night before the uh, between the four of you. So, you know, just thinking, hey, they moved us to the end. It might have resulted in a little bit of a better payday for you guys. But I want to mention that this is the same card that the Red Rooster would substitute for Barry Wyndham so that Barry could have a benign tumor removed from underneath his breastbone. So it's been 30-plus years. But do you remember Barry having to undergo this medical procedure at all? God, I don't. Yeah, isn't that something? And if it was benign, I don't think it was probably a major surgery, probably a little slit. And I doubt him. He missed over a day of work, uh, yeah. to be honest with you. And I tell you what it tells me, remembering the history, Andre's back was terrible. His back was tore up. So by him going 19 seconds and going on early in the card, he must have really been hurting that day. But he was still at work, still being a pro. He's going to do his job, but they just uh, did what they could do to accommodate him. And, and still making towns, Arn. I mean, traveling, uh, the man of his size. You talk about traveling for you guys in the rough, but he, here's a few cards I've already read before, and Andre is still on the card, still traveling around. There was no car big enough. There was no first-class seat on a plane that would accommodate him. Poor man was not comfortable anywhere, and I used to just see the the tears in his eyes. He'd be sitting in a uh, first class seat on the plane, but it was like, you know, it was like sitting on a commuter for you and I, Paul. You know, jammed up, and it's just you could just see the pain in his eyes. I hate it, no way. And, and it's so unfortunate because in today's world of wrestling and the money and everything's there, that man would have had his own coach bus paid for and have him take him wherever he needed and all the room he ever needed, you know? it's just And he should. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Well, it was also during this time as well that the A-Town crew flew to Europe for a fall tour. Arn, looking back at it now, had you and Telly not given your notice, do you think that the Demolition Brain Busters match would have made that card? Do you think they would have put you on that plane, that plane to Europe as well? Bet your ass they would have. Yeah. And and they would have ate it up over there. Europe would have ate that match up. Oh, absolutely. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Well, you guys aren't on the plane. Instead, it's October 12th, and uh, you guys would draw 3,000 fans at the Lacrosse Center in L.A. and I'm sorry, in Wisconsin, and you're back in your regular spot, second from the top. You and Tully will lose the bout by uh, with demolition by DQ, and you close out this Midwest loop in Flint, Michigan, at the IMA Sports Arena. You and Tully work with Axe and Smash in the semi-main event on a car that featured... Your old friend and boss, that's right, the American dream, taking on another old friend, the big boss man. Arn, for those of us that love Jim Crockett, we remember the boss man being made as Big Bubba when Dusty hit him with that wooden chair and Bubba no-sold the move and even adjusted his hat and glasses afterward in a moment of sheer badassery. But I want to ask you, because you know a thing or two about wrestling and chemistry, what was it about Dusty and Ray Trailer that worked so well and made this rivalry so memorable? Well, number one, Ray was a great worker and a quick study. And man, could he move for a big man and so smooth. I mean, it it just amazed me that he would take a shot or an elbow and he would bounce off that second rope and come right back to Dusty. It was uh, it was great chemistry. Uh, Ray, I think, had a soft spot 
for Dusty because he had given him his first break. Right. You know, as as I feel the same way. Uh, you never forget something like that because Dusty was big time over. Didn't matter that he had the yellow polka dots. Every effort to kill him off or make him look foolish, enough of the fans would just see through it and go, yeah, that's that's still Dusty Rhodes. You had you had Ray Trailer, who for a big man, like you said, athletic, could move, could do it all in the ring for a big man. And then you had Dusty, who charisma and just his presence he had a presence about him. It's just, I mean, I'm, I'm talking, preaching to the choir. And when you brought them together, man, like you said, the chemistry was just fire. Yeah, it was a main event, main event. And, and you know, Ray knew his job, and it was to make Dusty. Uh, and that's what he did. Yeah, he did it here. So they're they're feuding uh, on the cards around here now in WWF. You're headed back to the East Coast. Uh, you and Tully are in a very familiar town, one that loves its sports and loves to boo our heroes, <laughs> including including Santa Claus. You're in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and it's a matinee show. Fifteen thousand one hundred and twenty six fans. Man, they. I tell you what. Say what you want about Philadelphia. They love pro wrestling, buddy. Oh, they're a great city. I Ooh. love. I love Philly. Wrestling fans are awesome in Philadelphia. And they filled that spectrum, which is no longer there. But, man, talk about so many classic sports and wrestling memories at the spectrum. Uh, here's the following card for that one, uh, Arn. You got Tugboat Thomas defeating Barry Horowitz, Rick Rude defeating Roddy Piper via DQ. We're back to the guys that just beat the shit out of each other. Ron Garvin pinning Greg Valentine, so that's good. You got Macho's brother, the genius, uh, he's defeating Jose Luis Rivera. You remember him. Oh, yeah. And then you got Demolition. that They're defeating you and Tully via DQ. Anderson and Blanchard came to the ring with the belts, but were not announced as champions on this card. How's that? Think anybody noticed? Uh, it, it was, See, it was, that's where it bites you on the ass, trying yeah. to pull off all this magic. You know, it just sometimes it just is not fathomable. And you step on your own Johnson by doing it. But that's, it's almost their little way of just, okay, you're leaving. Yeah, you're walking out the titles, but we're not giving you that championship announcement, Rob. Oh, man. Then you had the Intercontinental Champion. It's still the Warrior, and he's pinning Andre. So they get Andre. Guess how many seconds this one went? 27. 17. 17. Wow, a new record. <laughs> and then you got Jake the Snake defeating Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man via DQ. So you got, even without Hogan, Savage, the Rockers, and the others that were on the European tour, remember, they're all on the European tour. They put 15,000 asses in those seats to steal a line from our man Tony Schiavone. Top to bottom, the card was loaded with workers and Hall of Famers. And then on the 15th, buddy, you're going to Ch uh, Chocolate Town, USA. You're headed to Hershey Park Arena, and you were treated to the same card as part of that matinee show. Look at you. I, I can, can smell go. that chocolate next door. You can smell the cocoa, can't you? Brother, it was so close. You'd get out of your rent a car and go, oh, my God. You can. Hershey's with almonds, daddy-o. <laughs> if you see arm remember hershey's <laughs> with almonds at all the autograph signings i love you forever i uh, love it and then you complete the loop in lansing michigan you guys work with demolition at the civic arena and uh that's where we'll, we'll park it here speaking of parking Arn, every week we talk about how travel impacted our favorite wrestlers. Back then, you guys were left to your own devices with no safety net when you hit the open roads. But thankfully, for our loyal listeners, that checkout from behind the wheel week in and week out is Car Shield. They're going to keep you safe and protected. Car Shield is the number one auto protection company in the U.S. and offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. The plans cover more parts than ever before, whether your car has 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles on it's a no-brainer for your car isn't it super unleaded as far as insurance goes talking about being insured i don't know how you could do any more yeah 
And, and it's simple, man. This is the way that you can get, they can take care of your car. When you need a repair, you choose the mechanic and their administrators handle the rest for you. Man, talk about no headaches. You're taken care of. Same go for breakdowns. If you're stuck on the side of the road, buddy, they're there. They have coast to coast roadside assistance. Their administrators are there for you with rental car options and trip reimbursements. No extra cost. You need to get coverage today. Lock in your price now. If you lock in now, it's never going to change during the term, the life of your contract. So listen, parts are on the rise. Cost for everything is on the rise. They can, they protected, help protect my wallet. They can do the same for expensive repairs for you. Go to carshield.com slash ARN. That's right. Those are the three letters that are key to start your plan and lock in your pricing forever. That's carshield.com slash ARN. A deductible may apply. Well, Arn, listen, and I always love to share this with you. You guys got four days of well-deserved rest. Whoa. Four days. Nice. Four days? Four days, buddy, right in the middle of October. Nice. And after you enjoyed that rest, you guys are flying to Canada for a series of house shows. Oh. <laughs> and you're treating our friends in the Great White North, oh. the Demolition Brain Busters match. It's October 20th, and you guys worked at, in Montreal at the Forum. Arn, now listen, earlier on in your WWF run, we talked about your experiences in Quebec. Now that you were more established in this particular market and with the company, did anything change from your first or even second trip there? They hated us. <laughs> still hated but, you. But really hated us. You still <laughs> could pull in any convenience store and ask where the arena was, that the, where the wrestling was being held, and it was a knowing less. They would absolutely act like they didn't speak English because they didn't like Americans. I'd, I'm not sure where that all started, other than we're probably an indignant uh, country. Yeah. Probably, probably overbearing. They probably got, you know, to be honest with you, they probably shouldn't like us. Yeah. A large predominance of us are assholes from time to time. So true. And they let you have it. They let you know. Oh, well, it's good to hear they treated you the same way going out as they treated you coming in. So there you go. I tell you what, Dino Bravo was over like Hulk Hogan. Brother, I mean, he was over. He, uh, one funny little, little story. And I love Dino. We used to go to the gym. He'd go to the gym with us sometimes. And man, was he strong. I mean, this guy was like a, a pressing machine. Uh, and he was going to have a big match with Hogan in uh, Montreal. So he had baby blue, even though he was a heel, he had baby blue gear made. He had a cape that was baby blue and had, almost like Count Chocula in the back. Yeah. So so we're in the locker room, and he finally gets dressed, and, you know, he's on last with Hulk, and he comes walking in with his new gear. I don't know. I just said, oh, it's the Count tub of shit. And he busted out laughing, and from that point, thank God he thought it was funny. Yeah. Uh, from the Count Chocula, obviously, the cape. And um he started laughing, we, and that was our inside joke from then on. Count double shit. You always had those little one-liner jabs, didn't you? I mean, we've heard them. We've heard them from Tony too. Shimon, I, yeah, I tried to nickname everybody, not purposely. It just kind of happened. Okay. Still waiting on mine, I guess. I haven't gotten. Uh, thank God, I haven't ever heard it yet. Well, listen, the following day in Winnipeg, 4,000 fans, including one of the greatest in the business. That's right. He was there. Chris Jericho attended this show. But he was only 12 years old, right? Probably. Yeah. He was just, he still had some baby teeth. And, uh, this time, <laughs> so, and this time the Rhino, or as he's better known, the Anvil, Jim Neinhardt substituted for Axe and he's teaming with Smash to defeat you and Tully. So born, oh. you, you and Tully ain't catching any breaks in this one. I'm talking about, man, you, you had to be bumped around like a Super Bowl. Yeah. You can bet, uh, my God, I can't catch a break. <laughs> That they they must have just ran through us like crap through a goose. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> oh, oh man, 
man, so good. Yeah, you. Uh, I can't imagine the beating that the two of you took at the hands of these guys. But as noted by our friends at the history of WWE.com, a local newspaper advertised demolition as the title holders, but you guys were presented as the champs because the primetime match had not aired yet. Are we confusing people or what here? This is hard. I'm confused. I know, right? Most it's, definitely. It's something else. But, Arn, we might not get a chance to talk about him anytime soon, but how amazing of a run has Chris Jericho had thanks to his ability to reinvent himself and keep his presentation fresh? Flexible. Flexible, smart, he stays current, you know, on, on what's going on in, around in the wrestling world. It's not just his company. Uh, he thinks like the fans. You know, he does all the things that you should do to stay uh, up to snuff on, on the business. And he really has. He's, he's done a great job of, of becoming five or six different characters, I guess. Yeah. That's not easy. And not just becoming them, but getting them all over, you know, getting them all over and popular and, and people buying all the merch for every single one of them. It, it's it's something else. And I just thought it was really cool. As I saw, here you are, Arn and Tully, Brain Busters, WWF towards the end. And there's little Chris Jericho in the crowd cheering along. So lifelong fan of the business. And uh, great to still see him doing his thing. Yes, it is. Yeah. So after a successful show in Winnipeg, the crew worked at the Northlands Coliseum, where 5,500 in attendance saw Smash and Nightheart. Yes, they're still beating the shit out of you and Tully in a non-title match. And closing out the Canadian leg of this tour, you and Tully wrestled Smash and Nightheart again in Calgary oh. on October 23rd. Buddy, are you ready to get the hell out of Canada with this Smash <laughs> and Nightheart business? I'm ready to get off the earth. <laughs> That might not be far enough to dodge those beatings. Oh, man. I want to point out that from here forward, here we go, WWF recognized Demolition as the tag team champion. So you and Tully have moved into the role of challenger because the primetime match where the titles change hands finally airs on syndicated television. So there you go. Now we can finally get ourselves back to uh, normal with the house show loop. So you guys hey, aren't the champs anymore. God. Yeah, yeah. Could have been a personal thing. They might have been. Their ass might have been chapped that, that they weren't being recognized as champion. Yeah, maybe. We, I, didn't, I was afraid to ask. Yeah, well, I, I bet you. And, and if and you think it was bad they added Jim Neidhart, they could have thrown Andre in there at you. Who knows? Oh, again, off the planet. <laughs> well, listen, you got three more days rest. And the crew would then return to the Palace in Auburn Hills. 7,000 fans attended the show. Demolition defeated you and Tully in a match third from the top. And Arn, as you might have expected, because what Demolition meant to Vince and his company is one of the most overacts of the golden era, you guys lost this one clean. Now you're getting pinned clean, buddy. Emory should have. Yeah. That's how you do business right. That's how you get a guy over. That's it. Or guys, you do business Yep, you're moving on, and they're going to continue to carry the banner for the company. So makes makes sense. And uh, in Glen Falls, New York, you guys fell short to demolition in the third match from the top. Dusty and Bossman and Piper versus Rude then followed. And then the next day, you got 9,000 fans at the Maple Leaf Gardens who watched demolition get the better of the Brain Busters following the decapitation on Tully. So now they're just not just getting over it. They're just beating the living shit out of you. Tully took the big-time loss here. And then on October 30th, you guys worked against Axe and Smash in the semi-main event of the card in front of 2,000 at the Wing Stadium in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And closing out the month of October at the Expo Center in Topeka, WWF taped multiple matches for syndicated TV as well on Saturday night's main event. You and Tully, though, weren't featured at all on the TV tapings, obviously, uh, you know, for obvious reasons. But you did take on the Rockers in a best two out of three falls match on the Saturday night's main event that would air November 25th. So if you guys all want to go back and watch that, it's on there. Two out of three falls against the Rockers. And this match was the manner in which WWF wrote you guys out of the company. So there you go. Uh, the Rockers would defeat Arn and Tully in a best two out of three match. Seven minutes, 32 seconds during the first fall. Jeanette pinned Blanchard with a sunset flip uh, into the ring at a minute and 50 after Michaels prevented Blanchard from holding on to Anderson from the floor. Bobby was initially in your corner, but berated you guys inside the ring after the first fall. He walks out of the match moments into the second fall. So here we go. 
Tully pins Sean for the second fall at 2.09 after you drop Michael's throat first across the top rope behind the ref's back. After the fall, Jesse Ventura conducted a backstage interview with Heenan in which Heenan said, you and Tully were the worst team he ever worked with. In the third fall match, Michaels pinned you at 333 with a crossbody off the top as you attempted a pile driver on Janetti. This would be your last TV appearance for more than 12 years there. Classic Heenan here with you guys went from the best to the worst. WWF would use the same portrayal with Andre at WrestleMania 6 and even Mr. Perfect in 1992 following the firing of the Ultimate Warrior. What did you make of the way that you guys were written off television, Arn? Well, what are the odds nobody told us about the backstage where he just buried us. We were the worst team he had ever managed and all that. See, that's how sneaky and clever and vicious they were. We were in the ring. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. By the time this aired, we would be gone. Yeah. So, I mean, carefully, you know, we're already agreed to do business right in the middle for 90 days. Now, the swerve to us was they didn't start beating us on TV. They kept our value up right to the end. But at the end, they were going to beat us right in the middle. And they should have. But don't swerve us and go back and just, you know, kick us in the nuts backstage with Bobby without telling us. That's just common courtesy. Yeah, no, I understand. It's uh, it's almost like you said. It's one of those things. And you didn't. And have you ever heard of that before? Today's us going through this oh, today. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I knew. Yeah, I knew about it because when it aired, it's like God Almighty. Okay. All right. Yeah, just so sneaky, and uh, that's just just how it went down. So, listen, since we're talking about the Rockers, Ben Ledbetter, uh, one of our fantastic supporters, at Free Show members, wants to know. Arn, could you sense that Shawn Michaels was going to be a superstar in the years to come? Love the show, sir. So talk about Shawn a little bit here. I know you've said it before, but just your overall opinion, just getting your hands on him here and uh, in your run here in WWF. Well, I thought, you know, sometimes you have one predominant member of a team that really shines. But most of the time I saw those guys when they were partners, they shined equally. There was no run in the bunch. You know, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty were a dream babyface team. If you were going to go, God Almighty, give me some guys to get over. You know, they will get us over if you will give us enough time and let us do a finish that's shitty enough. Because people love those guys. They were young. They were athletic. They're incredible. Sean just had this one thing. Ricky Morton had it. Steamboat had it. You know, look at all your pure baby faces. AJ Styles has it. When they start selling, it becomes a different match. Because they pull the audience in and the audience wants to help them get to the tag. And that's one of those arts that uh, you either got it or you don't. And it didn't mean he was a better worker than Gennetti or a better anything. It just meant that he had that special thing. They both had great offense. They were both athletic. They both did some incredible stuff that was ahead of its time, you know, but that ability to sell and make those people on the front row want to come over the rail and help them was one of the arts that Shawn Michaels had from day one. Mm. No, well said. I mean, think about it. You mentioned AJ, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, Ricky Morton, guys that could just make you believe that they were getting killed and there was no way. And you wanted to get behind, you wanted to support them and you wanted to cheer hard and you invested, you invested. I think that's the word you, you were fully invested emotionally. Absolutely. That's the key. Uh, next question, Arn, since this is almost uh, the last time we'll talk about Tully as your tag team partner, it might be the best time now to ask Drew Landry's question here. Of all the tag team partners you had, was Tully the best one? Yes. Bobby Eaton was incredibly talented. Incredibly talented. I love teaming with Bobby. Um, love teaming with Barry Wyndham. 
Love teaming with Rick. A lot of different guys I loved teaming with. Ole. Yeah. Ole, for sure. I learned so much, you know, with Tully or Ole, just watching the – he made me believe that he was kicking the shit out of the guy and there was nothing the guy could do about it. He was a bully, and I mean a big-time bully. And he was, you know, he was over. Him and Gene were over, you know, 70s. You know, the very first part of the 80s. I mean, they were, good Lord. Um, but Tully and I, because we just worked together so many times and so many tags and six-mans and eight-mans and everything, he could just look at me or I could look at him, and we knew what the other one wanted. It was almost like a telepathic thing. And teams that really do well, I would say the Young Bucks have that. I would say FTR has that of this generation. There are a lot of teams that just, you just look. If, if a guy's got a headlock on me and I look over at my partner, he knows what I want and he knows what's coming without ever saying a word. And it's just one of those telepathic things that, that occurs in some situations. And it makes, you know, the Midnight Express special. Yeah. Because they look like a synchronized unit that are hitting on all cylinders at all times. Do you think that you have, as a tag team, that you have to have really good chemistry outside of the ring, talking friendship, to nah. have that chemistry in the ring? Absolutely not. I would get on Tully's nerves, I'm sure. He would get on my nerves, I'm sure. You know, we didn't go home and talk on the phone when we were off, any of that stuff. But when we got to work, we were a team, and uh, we got along fine. Uh, we just jailed, and we just we just worked, and it, we were completely different in our styles, but they complemented each other, and, and that's all we really needed. Whose idea did it just happen because of the four horsemen and that you happen to be a horseman with them for you guys to start first start teaming together? How did it all come together for you and Tully to start forming this team? Within the circle of the four horsemen and this, you know, we had a ton of six mans with different combinations, eight mans, ten mans, war games. There started to it just it just started to kind of step out of that crowd. Tully and I would, within the confines of that match, whatever it was, would just start to operate like a team. We would tag each other when it was time to roll over and make a tag. Maybe not intentionally, we would tag each other versus tagging Rick or Barry or Ole or Luger. You know what I mean? We just yeah, we, you just started relying on each other. Yeah. Yeah, it just it just happened. It wasn't, you know, we would just set ourselves up that he was the closest one on purpose. Yeah. And he wouldn't even think about it till later. And you went, yeah, well, and we're starting to, within that confines of that group, we started to step up as far as team. Was it a booking? Was it ultimately a booking decision or was it you two saying, hey, Booker, we feel really comfortable together. We just want to be, let us be a tag team and show you what we can do. Do you remember kind of how it all morphed? Into you just I think he saw, Dusty saw that. Yeah. He saw what we saw. And he knew it wasn't intentional. We weren't leaving anybody on the apron on purpose. We weren't trying to outshine each other. You know, we were trying to make everybody else in the match. Hmm. You know, it wasn't like when we were tagging in and out with each other that we were kicking ass. You know, we were mostly getting our ass kicked, but it was feeding, you know, with Ole, he would come in and he was a whole different dynamic. He wasn't going to get his ass kicked the whole time. He That's was right. going to kick some ass. So the whole direction of the match would change. You know, sometimes then Tully and I would have to get back in and get the get them back behind the baby faces. But that was Ole's style. That's what he brought to the table. He was the stopper. And your role kind of morphed into with you and Tully being kind of that heavy, that guy that came in and and was that was the Jim Neidhart of the group, for lack of a better word, right? Well, yeah, that's a that's a very flattering. Uh, comparison you know and when we kicked Ole out you know i was kind of the one that verbally leaned on him and nobody leaned on Ole anderson that's kind of i think where the enforcer thing happened yeah. i was not in his shadow anymore 
you don't like what we're doing, you want to put yourself and your your, fam- your family ahead of business, we'll kick you out, and I'll be the first one to kick you in the ass. So that's yeah. I think that's where it was born, maybe. I don't sure. I'm not sure the date or the time sure. or the town. But that's but not morphed. I think so. Yeah, no, that's cool. Well, hey, I'm, I'm excited for this new element to our program. We have some more fan questions we're going to go through here. We'll do these rapid fire. Uh, we're going to jump into it. Money Mike McClanahan, he's uh, the accountant of Ad Free Shows. He wants to know, how does Arm believe the Rockers would have fared in a Jim Crockett promotions environment? Could you make a case where Sean and Marty would have fit with the four horsemen, or would they have been better served as opposing baby faces? They'd have been great partners for Dusty been great partners for any any baby face they would have done well because their ability to work was paramount you know and it wasn't they looked great their gear looked great they were handsome guys they were young they were athletic and uh they would have had a great run yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, you could have seen them kind of continuing on to be that face group for you and Tully and, and even the Midnights. My goodness. Talk about some dream matches there. Uh, Drew Landry's up next. He says, how refreshing was it to work with Demolition over the Bushwhackers? <laughs> I love the Bushwhackers. It's just our style was a physical. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. a, it was a violent. It was... Feed you, feed you, feed you. Then we get you down, and man, we will just eat your lunch. And it just, you know, it just. Some teams it really worked for. Some teams the chemistry we, you know, we couldn't just. Those guys I never felt had that thing that we just talked about with Shawn Michaels and the other baby faces, when they were crawling around the ring selling. They had had so much comedy already in the character. Yeah. That you didn't feel afraid for them that they were getting hurt because you were stuck on the entrance and on the, the goofy, exit, the goofy stuff. Yeah, and it and it took over a match. Yeah, you know, yeah. and they were they were just doing what Vince wanted, and I get it, and I'm sure they had made a nice living doing it. Uh, but it was hard as ass kicking heel team to to get your gimmick across with those guys because there was so much comedy involved in it. Makes sense. Yep. I'm with you there. Patrick Ruth wants to know your favorite Bobby Heenan story. Do you have a favorite Bobby Heenan story of all time? Just in general. And I've said this before. Some people, I don't think Bobby had a, I don't remember. I I might've heard this, that he didn't have passed a seventh grade education. Am I right about that? I've heard that before. Like high school, didn't finish high school type thing. Or, or something. Maybe I'm cutting him short. But I know, you know, he wasn't a real educated guy in that sense, but he was the sharpest, wittiest. Yep. I could say if he had on that shirt that you got it on, I'd go, damn, Bobby, I like that shirt. And before I could get shirt out of my mouth, he had a comeback. Yeah. And it was always witty and funny and sharp. And he was just that quick and didn't matter what you said to him. He was two seconds behind it with a rebuttal. And I would have loved to have looked inside his head and just see what fueled that machine because it was every single time. And he was just hilarious. He was very special. And he was a star, a big star. Hmm. He certainly was. He certainly missed. And my goodness, he is uh, revered by many wrestling fans as maybe one of the best characters of all time when you put it all together. Manager, commentator, uh, you talk about that wit uh, and what he did. When you became part of the Heenan family, like you said earlier when you talked about it a couple uh, weeks ago, it's just you were immediately elevated. You can't buy a rub like that. No. And you're right. Probably top three characters of all time. And I don't know what order. I don't know who the other two yeah, are. Doesn't matter. But he's one of there. them. Yeah. For sure. All right. A wrestling historian asks, how did it feel to end the longest reigning WWF tag team title reign in history? Thanks in advance. So what how did that feel for you for you and Tully? Excellent. And the fact that we used Bobby, a giant, a chair, 
and everything under the sun just made it that much better because we got some heat off of that. I mean, we did literally, it's cliche now, but we hit them with everything, including the kitchen sink. Mm -hmm. And that's what it took to win. And that's how we had heat. You don't take a team that are that's like demolition and so dominant and just go beat them if you're us. But, man, you employ the giant and the chair and Bobby getting a distraction and all those things involved. That's what you do. That's how you get sympathy on a baby face. We'll wait till those guys get their hands on these guys again. That's our business. All done on Saturday night's main event, a classic episode that uh, go, will go down in history. Uh, our friend of the show, Lenny Bakken, wants to know if you have any stories about interactions with the human wrecking machine, Zeus, and your memories of Barry Windham's short, forgettable run as the Widowmaker. So did you run in or talk to or bump into Zeus at all? No, there was just this, you know, and it wasn't his fault, you know, good for him, but... He had a hell of a deal. You know, yeah. this guy's an actor. He just had a great look. Big guy. Wasn't a wrestler. And he could contribute nothing as a wrestler. This guy was making a great... This was back then now. He wasn't wrestling. He would just go out there and uh, do a little short promo. of. I mean, really short. He had a guy, one of the boys driving him. Made a grand a day, all of his expenses paid, and we knew at the end of the rainbow he was not going to draw 56 cents. <laughs> well, you wonder where you and Tully's 50000 apiece went. There you go. And you know, you don't think that was part of it? I'm sure. Makes you don't sense, think that man. went into the conversation or yeah. at least between us? Yeah. You know, and in those days, you paid for everything. You paid for your rental cars. You paid for your rooms. Only thing you didn't pay for was uh, plane tickets. Mm. And they tried to figure out a way for us to do that for just a minute. That was a real stinker. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You guys got to be looking at this time. At, well, look, at they're bringing this guy in. We know what his deal is. And he can't cut a promo to save his life. And, yes, he puts the E in entertainment. But... At the end of the day, what's that getting us? And here you are. Vince doesn't even want to talk about, uh, you know, helping you guys out. I get it. Makes total sense. And uh, interesting times for sure. Hey, what about memories of Barry Windham? Short, forgettable run as the Widowmaker. Are you guys hanging out, talking with Barry? Hey, great to see you. What's Barry saying anything to you about this Widowmaker deal? No, he uh, Barry had uh, already been there once with yeah. Rotundo and left. Yeah, the U.S. Express there. Uh, and when he left and he went to the NWA, that was kind of like we're right in the middle of. It was viewed as a betrayal. You know, when you leave the guy, you give a notice and you leave, it's a betrayal, and he never forgets it. So Barry came back. They weren't doing anything with him. That Widowmaker thing is pretty weak if you think about it. I mean, that's it. For a guy that can perform like that and who's been what he's been to the business, that's the best you can come up with. So, you know, we felt bad for him, but most of the time we're on di in different towns. And we really got out of there before he really got started, yeah. to be honest with you. Yep, everybody, it seemed like back then, had to have some kind of gimmick. Ryan Connolly is, uh, has an interesting question. He's our last question of the week. What was it like working with a team or wrestlers like Demolition who wore a lot of face paint? Did it get in your eyes? Did it make it harder to keep a hold on your opponents? Did that bother you with Demolition or not? So did face paint make a difference? No, not at all. It might have got in their eyes when they started sweating. Sure. You know, it, it uh, because we worked hard and they worked hard with us as hard or harder than they worked with anybody else because they saw we were willing to get bounced all over that arena to make them the demolition that people saw on their TV sitting home. And man, they were they were sweating their ass off. We were sweating our ass off, and that paint would get to running. But I loved working with those guys. Anybody that was over like they were. The Road Warriors, Dusty, Rock and Roll, you, you know, name name the team, the Rockers. Teams that were over made our job so easy, and we were beating the hell out of our bodies. But you don't feel it when they're roaring. 
on everything you do, you don't feel the bumps. It's when you got a small crowd and not much noise that those bumps really hurt. Sure. Well, Arn, listen, that's going to wrap us up for the month of October. What a month, all things considered. You guys continued the program with Demolition. You helped sell out the Spectrum in Philly, over 15000 You made the huge run in Canada. Um, you got you know, the shit beat out of you with, with the anvil there included. You put the rockers over. You were fired in storyline in less than 30 days. That, my friend, to borrow a phrase from one of my favorite North Carolinians, is shitting and getting. Next week, it's the swan song for the Brain Busters. Tully leaves early. You team with the uncrowned, undefeated world champion for life, Haku. Uh, we'll, we're going to touch on all that. I'm looking forward to hearing some of the thoughts and stories around that. You have your final WWF pay-per-view at the Survivor Series before heading back to WCW, or as I like to call it, home for the Enforcer. So that's it, man. Thank you for uh, doing the show again the, for, with me this week. Things are heating up. A little different format. A little bit more meat to the story. That's right. That little fan questions. It's been good. And speaking of fan questions, guys, listen. If you're not a member over at Ad Free Shows, now is the time to do it. It's the best nine dollars you're going to spend. You don't have to listen to the ads or watch them over there at Ad Free Shows. That's nine dollar tier level where that starts. And also this coming weekend, as this drops, yes, it's Top Guy Weekend. So if you haven't made the commitment to jump on, make sure you don't miss the next one. We got all kinds of stage shows planned. A lot of events have been pushed out already. I know I'm certainly looking forward to it. It's a big weekend in Chicago. Not only is uh, Top Guy Weekend going on, we got the wrestling showcases there in the same hotel. Hell, AEW is in town for all their big stuff as well. So get, check it out, adfreeshows.com. That's where you can get bonus ARN content as well. Uh, so again, adfreeshows.com. That's it on the shilling for this week. On behalf of the founder of the Four Horsemen, the Hall of Famer, the Enforcer, Arn Anderson, I'm Paul Bromwell, and you've been listening to Arn. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.